السلام علیکم و رحمت الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین و صلی الله علی سیدنا و نبینا بالقاسم المصطفی محمد و علی آله الطیبین الطاهرین لا سیما بقیت الله فی الارضین عجل الله تعالی فرجه الشریف و جعلنا من اعوانه و انصاره Today we have very important things to discuss. So before anything else, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance and support. One of the things that we should discuss is about the significance of being awake in Laylatul Qadr. The whole design which is made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we can benefit from Laylatul Qadr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right from the beginning of creation has made this arrangement that Laylatul Qadr would be a very blessed and peaceful night and he sends all the angels and the spirit opens the gates of heaven, changes the satans, has given us lots of encouragement about doing a'mal in Laylatul Qad. If you do something, Laylatul Qad is like doing it in 1,000 months. Then it would be very sad and, you know, misfortunate that we sleep. You know, it's like someone has organized an event and has brought all the, you know, special people, all the best, you know, speakers, you know, best, for example, uh, food, best refreshment, everything for you. And then you sleep. So you are losing out everything. So we have to be awake and alert. Awake is the minimum, but to be alert as well. It's not just enough to be awake and watch TV, you know, for example, you know, play, you know, game, you know, you say, I'm awake. Okay, you are awake, but this means that you have to be alert. You have to be showing attention. You have to show respect. Like, for example, you go to the event, then you start, you know, sending SMS with, and play with your mobile. What is the point? You are just physically there. Your mind is not there. Your heart is not there. So, to be awake means to be present. But also you have to be alert. You have to be paying attention. First, I say some hadith about significance of being awake. And then, inshallah, I try to explain why we should be awake. There is a hadith from Imam Sadiq alayhi salam and Imam said inna laylat thalith wa ishreen min shahr ramadan hiya laylatul juhani the night of the 23rd means before 23rd because in Islamic calendar night comes before day night precedes day 
So night of 23rd means the night which is followed by the 23rd day. It is the night of Johanni. You remember the story of Johanni, that person who had camels outside Medina and asked the Prophet, which night should I come? Because I cannot come three nights. But, so, Imam said, this is the night of Johanni. This is the night in which decisions are made. All the things that are going to happen, whether it be happy or sad things, calamities, death, sustenance, everything this is, which is going to be happening in the next month, in the next, sorry, 12 months, would be decided in Laylatul Qadr. Then Imam Sadiq said, Fatuba. This concept of ihya, which we said, is rooted in the hadith. It's uh, very good for the servant, well done to the servant of Allah, that revives this night. What does it mean that ihya? Ihya means to revive, to give life. When you sleep, it's as if you have killed this night. Ihya is like giving life. Not that you give life, it means that you preserve life. You know, Quran says, Man ahya nafsan fakannama ahya nasa jamia. Man gatala nafsan fakannama gatala nasa jamia. Waman ahyaha fakannama ahya nasa jamia. If you kill one person, it's as if you have killed all humanity. And if you give life to one person, it's as if you have given life to all humanity. Okay? Giving life to a person, what does it mean? Can we give life to anyone? Either it means giving a spiritual life, like guidance, or as many people use it, it means that to preserve, to help in preservation of life. So a person is dying because he's ill. So as a doctor, as a nurse, or as a, for example, person who helps financially, you save one in life, innocent life. It's as if you have saved all humanity. Because by doing this, you are showing respect to all humanity. If one person is dying and we don't bother, what does it mean? It means that we are insulting all human beings. Because we are telling all human beings, for you, Sorry, for me, you have no value. This man is dying, I don't bother. Why? Because he's a human being. So it means that I don't bother about any human being. Because I don't have any personal problem with this. I have explained this in the paper on bioethics, you know, Islamic bioethics. So, sometimes ihya can mean giving life. Sometimes ihya can mean preserving the life of someone. Not letting that die. When you don't let someone to die, this is also ihya. Okay? Like a doctor, like for example, emergency services, when helps someone, they are giving him life in the sense that they don't let him die. So Imam said, Tuba la'abdan ahyaha. That person who gives life to this night, 
What does it mean? It means that doesn't let this night die. Or doesn't kill the night. Raka'an wasajadan. Either he or she is in ruku or sujood, basically praying. One of the best actions is praying in Laylatul Qadr. وَمَثَّلَ خَطَايَاهُ بَيْنَ عَيْنَيْهِ One session, you know, someone asked what is the best action. I said, I don't want to take responsibility, but I think the best action is to think about yourself and, you know, contemplate and see what is your problems. So, perhaps this can be understood from this hadith also. Imam said, وَمَثَّلَ خَطَايَاهُ بَيْنَ عَيْنَيْهِ He tries to... Remember all his sins and mistakes and bring them in front of his eyes. As if you are imagining all those bad things that you have done. You don't want to forget. Of course, you shouldn't forget the sins unless it makes you really hopeless. Because to be hopeless is also bad. If you become hopeless, then you don't do anything good. But... On the other hand, you should sometimes remember, because if you forget your sins, then you think that you are a very good person. So you have always remember your sins and ask forgiveness for them. So this person is bringing his mistakes and sins to his imagination and yabchi alayha and cries over them. فَإِذَا فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ If he does so, رَجَوْتُ أَلَّا يَخِيبَ إِنْشَاءَ Imam Sadiq says, I have hope that inshallah he would not be disappointed if he keeps this night alive and prays and remembers his sins and cries over his sins, inshallah he would not be disappointed. In another hadith, which is from Imam Bagr salam, and then finally from the Prophet, uh, Imam says that the Prophet, actually they explain what the Prophet used to do. إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ نَهَا أَنْ تُغْفَلَ عَنْ لَيْلَةْ إِحْدَى وَعِشْرِينَ وَلَيْلَةْ ثَلَاثْ وَعِشْرِينَ The Prophet was asking people not to ignore, not to be heedless with respect to the night of 21st and night of 23rd, the Prophet was asking people not to sleep in that night. So, this is very important concept, not to sleep in that night. There is another hadith which says, إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَعَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ كانت يطفي فراشه ويشد مئذره في العشر الأواخر من شهر رمضان. In the last ten nights of Ramadan, the Prophet was asking his mattress to be wrapped. No sleep, maybe just a nap. The last ten nights. وَكَانَ يُوْقِضُ أَهْلَهُ لَيْلَةْ ثَلَاثُ وَعِشْرِينَ This was for himself. But for his family, he was keeping awake, his family, the night of 23rd. So he was not asking them to be awake all the last 10 nights, but the night of 23rd, he was asking them to be awake. 
وکان یارش If someone was sleeping, the Prophet was uh, spraying water to their faces so that they don't go to sleep. وَكَانَتْ فَاطِمَ سَلَامُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهَا لَا تَدَعُ أَحَدًا مِنْ أَحْلَهَا يَنَامُ تِلْكَ اللَّيْلَى The Lady Fatima also was keeping awake people in, his, in her house. وَتُدَاوِيهِمْ بِقِلَّةِ الطَّعَامِ One of the things that she was doing was giving them little food, very simple food, so that doesn't put them into a sleep. Because the food is important, you know, some foods, you know, make you sleepy. وَتَتَعَهَبُ لَهَا مِنَ النَّهَارِ From the day before she was preparing them, asking them to sleep, to have some rest. So... It was not forcing them. It was a matter of preparation and helping them. وَتَقُولْ And the lady used to say, مَحْرُومٌ مَنْ حُرِمَ خَيْرَهَا The deprived person is the one who is deprived from the good and, you know, blessing of this night. So this is the real mahroom, the one who is deprived. The deprived one is not the one who doesn't have money. The deprived one is the one who is not able to benefit from this night. So, it's very important to be awake, and of course, when you are awake, then you can appreciate, you can be alert, you can do something. One point that I think would help us to better understand why we should be awake, of course, I don't think it's a very difficult issue, but maybe this... Uh, make it even clearer, is that when we sleep, according to the Quran, our soul would be taken. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allahu yatabaffal anfus hina mawtaha. Allah receives the souls when they die. What is death? Death is not death of the soul. Soul doesn't die. Is the departure of the soul from body. When soul is separated from body, when soul no longer runs and manages body, we die. And you shouldn't think that soul is inside body. Soul has no place. Soul is not inside body. Soul just manages body. Okay, this is about death. But the Quran says, وَالَّتِي لَمْ تَمُتْ And the one who has not died, فِي مَنَامِهَا Manam or Nom means sleeping. Those who have not died, when they sleep, Allah takes their souls. But, of course, not completely, but partially. And this is why you can have some rest, you can relax. Because your soul's relation with body is reduced, so soul is not that much busy with running the body, and therefore you can relax. Anything which keeps the soul still busy with body would make your sleeping not that much refreshing. For example, if you have eaten a food which is difficult to digest, so when you sleep, your soul is not that much relaxed. Or if you are asleep in a place which is noisy, 
because these noises keep always this uh, soul standby because it wants to protect so it's not relaxed or if it is bright if it's not dark the soul would not be relaxed so you have to be sleeping in a condition which is very peaceful and Allah has made this design night is designed to be a place I mean a time for relaxation of the soul so I always say you know to sleep during the day if for example your work is during night and you sleep during the day would not be the same you need to sleep part of the night maybe for short time is not a problem but uh, I think for uh, long-term health is important to sleep part of the night okay so those who have not died during their sleep Allah takes their soul partially then those people who are supposed to die their deadline their ajal has come their soul would not be released so they will never become awake it will be kept. But those who are not supposed to die at that time, Allah releases their soul. The soul goes back. Till the fixed deadline comes, then they die at that time. So, when we sleep, we experience a kind of partial death our relation with body is very much reduced our soul is not that much attentive to this physical world and it's a kind of death it can have some good outcomes depending where your soul goes if your soul after leaving body gets access to the world of spirits to the world which is close to God then you can have true dreams you can see something which has not yet happened you can go to places that you have never been sometimes many people you may yourself have this experience or have heard from reliable people that they had dream of a place that they never went there and when they went there they found exactly as they had in the dream or you see something about future and later that happens why because the soul has gone higher and higher and reached the world of the spirits the malakut and there there is no past present future there is no direction for example this part that part of the world they are all together so the soul can see realities which when it was with the body was deprived sometimes a person even may dream of something when he has slept for a short time but what he has dreamt takes few hours to explain.
because there is no matter of timing there. So from this perspective, he has dreamt, for example, or slept for five minutes. But the dream that he has seen, if you want to explain, it takes few hours. It's quite possible. It's similar to the story of Mi'raj. When the Prophet went and came back, according to some sources, asleep, his bed was warm. But what happened to the Prophet in this journey, if you want to explain it in time, it takes hours, if not days. So, soul can depart body and get access to those higher realms. But at the same time, soul may just be going around, just, you know, wandering and knowing nothing. Sometimes just the soul is reviewing the images that are kept in our memory. So you think that you have had a dream of your, for example, father who has passed away. But it's not that your soul has really met the soul of your father. It can be just the image of your father which is in your memory. And you have never really met that soul. Just the image. And sometimes the soul also puts images together and by the help of imagination makes something which is nonsense. So it's not that everything that you see or every person that you see in your dream is really an encounter with that reality. It can be just an encounter with the image of that reality. So therefore there is no necessarily true dream. So it very much depends on the soul. Some people, their sleeping is an opportunity for them to understand better. Like everyone who dies, whose understanding would increase. So some people, when they sleep, they have this experience, they understand better. But many people know, when they sleep, their understanding goes very down. They don't understand that much. In any case, in Laylatul Qadr, when all the angels and the spirit descend, and they want to make a connection between that world and this world, spiritual world and the physical world. So when this connection is made, and that is through the hujjah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is representing humanity, and on behalf of all humanity, He is receiving the angels and the spirit. If we are asleep, it means that we are not here. They have come to bless those who are on the earth, but when we sleep, our soul is going you know, around and knowing you know, nothing. It's like when you have guests and you are not at home, or the guest is knocking your door and you are asleep. Some people, you know, even if you press the ring, they don't wake up. So you think no one is at home. But they are at home, but they are sleeping. It doesn't make that difference. Whether they are not home or they are at home and sleeping, it doesn't make that difference. So those who have died, like those people who are not at home. Those who are asleep, they are at home, 
but showing no attention, so it doesn't make that much difference. So it's very important to be awake so that you benefit from this blessing and peace which are offered to the spirits of those who are alive. If you are not alive, your uh, enjoyment would be very much reduced. I'm not saying it's zero. It still is better than not being alive, but it's very much reduced. So if someone is sleeping, it would be very much reduced. Okay, this is about the necessity of being awake, inshallah, in Laylatul Qad. May Allah, inshallah, keep us always alert, inshallah. The other thing is about the Qur'an which has been sent down in Laylatul Qadr. Today and inshallah tomorrow we have very important discussion. Of course all discussions are important but this is particularly important so please pay attention and try inshallah to be uh, on time also tomorrow because these are connected to each other. Before I start about Qur'an we should explain one concept from the Qur'an. And Qur'an is very precise, very accurate, and you shouldn't take anything you know, in a very just simple way. Everything that the Qur'an says has meaning. Qur'an is Hakim. A wise person, when he speaks or is silent or points at someone or smiles or, you know, by the eyes look at something, all has meanings. A wise person doesn't do anything in vain. The same is with the Qur'an. Qur'an is Hakim. Everything that the Qur'an says has a reason for that. But you have to also be Hakim to understand that. You may not get the message, but make sure that there is something there. Reflect on that till you realize what is the reason that the Qur'an is saying in this way. According to the Qur'an, we have a world, a universe, which is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have this material physical world which is not that close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's the most remote part of the being and universe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why in this world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be disobeyed maybe even denied because those who are in this world they don't have immediate and direct knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has deliberately wanted people in this world to discover Him. He didn't want that be so obvious that no one can deny Him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us in this world so that we find our way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in the world which is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Everyone, everything has full faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are those who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are muqarrabun. And also all the treasures of Allah, knowledge, everything is there. 
and only part of those things can be sent down to us. This is a very important concept. So I mentioned some verses so that the concept becomes clear and then we will try to understand the position of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hajr number 21 A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim In min shay'in illa indana khaza'inuh Wa in min shay'in illa indana khaza'inuh Wa ma nunazzilhu illa biqadarin ma'loom There is nothing except that its treasures are with us. Anything which is, of course, you know that existence is good. Everything which is created by Allah is good. The treasures are with Him. And we don't send it down except in a very fixed measure. So, for example, you have knowledge. Another person has, I don't know, intelligence. Another person has wisdom. Another person has money. Everything that we have come from the treasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has not been sent down to us altogether. This world cannot contain all the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only a small portion of that is given to us. Even if you bring all the knowledge of people, billions of people, if you bring all their knowledge together and add people who lived before and they come future, all human knowledge together compared to the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a drop of ocean. The treasures, khaza'in, the treasures are in that world. Only little comes down. And this is not physical matter. When I'm saying down, it's not down in a physical sense. It means down in the perfection, in the levels of existence, ranks of existence. So, we have a world which is endana, is close to us. And the treasures are there. Or for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا عِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدْ وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بَاقَ Surah Nahl, number 96. Whatever is with you would expire, would finish. Everything in this world will finish. وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ But whatever is close to God, in that world, in that universe of indiyat, that universe of being with God, and I am reluctant to say with God because with God literally is wrong. Nothing is with God. It's close to God. Because when you say with, people may think that it's next to God. There is nothing with God. You never find anything which says that a person can be ma'allah. God is with us. Ma'iyya Rabbi. But we are not with him. God is with all his creation. But none of his creation is 
ma'ahu is not with him. Like for example, when you go outside and sun is shining, you can say sun is with us. But you cannot say I am with sun. If you are with sun, so wherever sun is shining, you must be there. So Quran says, La tad'u ma'allahi ahada. Don't call anyone with God. Because this is shirk. Everything is lower than him. So, to say that it is close, but at the same time lower, the Quran uses the concept of end, not ma'a. Because ma'a can mean to be next or even higher. Okay? So when you, something is with something, like Allah is with us, but Allah is higher than us. To make it clear that this is not a matter of being in the same level or higher, we use end or lada. Ladaya or endi. Because as I said, Quran is very accurate. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ma'indakum yanfad. Whatever is among you, next to you, at your access, expires. But whatever is close to Allah in that universe of indiyat, baghin, remains, never expires. It's eternal. Or for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ahqaf number 23, The real and true knowledge is in that universe. And that is not going to be expired. The knowledge that we have is going to finish, is going to be forgotten, is going to be lost. At least when we die, so it's not in this world. But whatever is transferred to that world would remain. Or the money, for example, you have money. This money expires. But if by this money you do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that remains. So, the things in this world, if they are changed and transformed into the things of that world, they will remain. Everything expires except that aspect of it which is facing God. That aspect is not finishing. This meeting is finishing soon. But whatever we have done in this meeting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would remain. Or if na'uzu billah, if we have done something against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because that is also another kind of facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that also would remain. But the meeting will finish. We all will die. This building may collapse. But what has been transferred from this meeting to that world would never finish. After millions of years, this meeting still is preserved. And it's amazing that everything that we do, everything that we say, never is going to completely be off record. It always remains there. So we have to be very alert. So Allah says, إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمُ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ 
or in Surah Kahf number 65, Allah says, وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّا عِلْمًا We gave him knowledge from ourselves. مِنْ لَدُنَّا means from that world which is with us, close to us. This is not the knowledge which comes by going to school. This ilm al-ladunni, this knowledge which comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is different knowledge. This is the knowledge which comes without being in need of studying and never, you know, will be lost. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the martyrs, لَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتْلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَنْوَاتَ do not think that those who have been killed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are dead. Don't think they are dead. Bal ahya'un, they are alive. Okay. Is it only about martyrs that they are alive? Or all people who die are alive? We know that all people are alive. No one dies in the sense that the soul, the soul never dies. So what is special about martyrs is what comes next. People normally think that ahya is only martyrs. Martyrs are ahya. Martyrs are alive. No, Allah says ahya'un inda rabbihim yurzaqun. That is special about martyrs. Otherwise everyone is alive. But martyrs are alive and they are in the Rabbihim. They are close to their Lord. And they are receiving sustenance from their Lord. That is special about martyrs. Some people are alive but they are suffering. Even those who don't have faith. When they die they are alive. They understand. They have life in Barzakh. But they are not in the Rabbihim. They are not close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't receive sustenance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They receive punishment. So, martyrs are in the Rabbihim. They are close to the Lord. But you know, martyrs are one of the two types. This is very important. And this is about the power of martyrdom. Most of the martyrs, before their martyrdom, have not achieved this condition. They are good people, but it's by their martyrdom that Allah raises their rank. So they achieve this state of being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of their martyrdom. They have given their life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ahya'un inda rabbihim. It's because of their martyrdom. But there is a minority of martyrs that for them martyrdom is not going to make any change. Or maybe little. Why? Because when they are alive, they are inda rabbihim. If when you are alive, you get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then martyrdom for you is not going to make a big difference. For example, like Imam Ali alayhi salam. Those who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during their life, they have the same positions that the first group of martyrs 
may be given after they become martyrs. So, for example, if you look at Imams, السلام, or the prophets who were martyred, who were killed, it's not that before they were martyred or killed, they were not endarabbihim, and then by martyrdom they became endarabbihim. They are already close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I will mention some verses of the Quran. So, martyrdom is very important, is a very honored position, but for not everyone, for most of the people. There are people who have gone beyond this. So whether they are killed or not, is not going to make that much difference. You know, those who are martyrs, they give their life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once. They are there are people who have dedicated their life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. It's up to Allah. They say, oh Allah, here I am. This is my life. This is my energy, my heart, whatever I am. This is at your service. Then Allah is not going to say, because you are not killed, so you have to be down. No. These are the people that even that can be higher than the martyrs who have not reached that level. So, for the martyrs, this is a great achievement that Allah raises them to that position. But Allah says that there are people that even in dunya, they have that position. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والذين آمنوا بالله ورسوله Those who have faith in Allah and His Messenger. Real faith. Unfortunately, we normally don't get things, you know, right. We think that we have to look for some, you know, thing special, something strange, some miracles to happen. No. Everything is very clear. We want, you know, something complicated so that we can say, the reason we are not, you know, progressing is because we didn't have that complicated answer. No, everything is very simple. Iman. Iman is enough. But we don't have Iman. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ If you have faith in Allah and His Messenger, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ السَّدِّقُونَ وَالشُّحَدَاءُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ These are the Saddiqun. You know, to be Saddiq, to be most truthful, is very high position. Even Allah says, Ibrahim is important. Why? وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ Why? إِنَّهُ كَانَ السَّدِّيقَ النَّبِيَّةِ He was a truthful person. To be truthful is so important that even Ibrahim is praised of being Saddiq. Or we say, for example, Lady Maryam, Allah says about Lady Maryam, وَأُمُّهُ سَدِّيقَةِ The mother of Jesus is Saddiqah. Or Lady Fatima is Saddiqah. How can you become Saddiq or Saddiqah? Very simple. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ If you have faith in Allah and the Apostle. But what type of faith? A full-fledged faith. A faith which is not coming with hesitations, with stress, with worries, with doubts. 
with trying to find you know excuses full commitment if this faith is there ulaika humus siddiqun they are siddiq washuhada inda rabbihim these are the witnesses shuhada means witnesses inda rabbihim these are close to the lord so for these people the state of being inda rabbihim is achieved while they are still alive and the rabbihim they don't need to get killed they have already managed to pass beyond that stage lahum ajruhum wa nuruhum and there is the reward and light for them they have their light they have their reward in surah ali imran sorry in surah anbiya number 19 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says waman indah those who are close to him those who are muqarrab la yastakbiruna an ibadatihi wa la yastahsirun those who are close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they never hesitate to worship him they never feel tired or bored with worshiping allah remembering allah there are several verses in the quran which says those who are in the rabbik or those who are with god close to god these are the people who never get bored with worshiping and they never hesitate to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allama tabatabai says that these are not only angels some mufassirin some commentators of the quran have said these are angels who never get bored with ibadah allama says no these are people also in addition to the angels there are people who are close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time according to quran itself when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the light which comes from him he says if you want this light it comes from those lanterns which are fixed in niches that are to be found in houses that are raised and permitted to be a place of remembrance of allah fi buyutin the ayat of nur and then allah says fi buyutin adhana allah an turfa'a wa yudhkara fiha ismuh yusabbihu lahu fiha bil ghudw wal asal rijalun la tulihim tijaratun wa la bay'un an dhikrillah there are people there are human beings who remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time even when they are doing some transactions some i don't know selling buying still they are mindful of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and these are the people who are close to allah and the light of allah comes from their houses because allah says mathalun nurihi kamishkat fiha misbah al misbah fi zujaja الزجاجة كأنها كوكب دري يوغد من شجرة مباركة زيتونة and then he says في بيوت this مشكات is fixed in the houses of these people who always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the light of Allah 
is projected to us by remembrance of Allah. So zikr means to reflect the light of Allah by remembering Him. When your face, watch, is facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your heart is facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you reflect the light of Allah, this is zikr. Zikr is nothing other than this. Even you can be sleeping and being in the state of zikr. A mu'min, even when he sleeps, he is remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At least, you all know this about the months of Ramadan. No mukum fiha ibadah. When you sleep, it's considered as ibadah. But this is in the months of Ramadan for all of us. But outside Ramadan, there are people who always sleep and their sleeping is ibadah. They eat and drink and it is ibadah. Because everything they do is for the sake of Allah. There are people who are employed 8 hours a day. There are people who say we are employed 24 hours a day. If I make this deal with Allah that I am employed 24 hours a day. So no matter whether I am sleeping or eating or drinking, I am paid. Because Allah knows that I need to sleep. But Allah said this person has committed 24 hours to me. So, do we want to make a kind of contract with Allah, which is only one month a year? Or it is, I don't know, all over the year, but just limited hours, part-time. There are part-time Muslims. <laughs> there are full-time Muslims, but only full-time means here, eight hours per day, no weekends. Weekends, they are free. Or we want to be 24 hours, 7 days with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, if you have this contract with Allah, Allah says, I know you need to sleep. I know that you have to go to holidays. I know everything. I will look after everything for you. I am not going to exhaust you. I am not going to forget you. But let me take over everything and then you relax. This is why those people who are clever, and unfortunately we think we are clever, but those who are clever, they submit everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أُفَوِّذُ amri إِلَى اللَّهِ I submit all my affairs to Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ Because He knows what I need. He knows what is my best interest. And He loves me. He doesn't want to make His company very rich by, you know, Taking advantage of me. Allah only wants me to improve. أُفَوِّذُ عَمْرِ إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ Then what happens? فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا When that person from the time of Fir'aun submitted all his affairs to Allah, Allah says, فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا Allah protected him from all the plans, all the plots that they made against him. And then those who made plot against this person, they had to suffer punishment. They couldn't harm this person. So we have to submit all our affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah treats you as a martyr. 
Allah treats you even higher than a martyr because you are always with him. There is a beautiful hadith that on the day of judgment, the martyrs would see that there is a group who is going ahead of them to heaven. They ask, who are these people? We have given our lives, which is the most precious thing. Who are these people that they are going ahead of us? It's just a matter of question. They will be said, these are sabirun. These are the people who have been patient. You have given your life once, but these people were dying every day. They went through all the suffering, but they never gave up. So these are ahead of you. A mu'min is always patient. As-sabru min al-iman bi-manzilat al-ra'as min al-jasad. It's like head for body. Iman without patience is not possible. But the patience can be with respect to poverty, illness, being alone, being criticized all the time. This can be one type of suffering for which you are patient. It can be patience with respect to delivering the message, carrying out your responsibility. This also needs patience. You have to do all the good work without being tired or despaired or disappointed. This also needs patience. Not to do haram, not to do any, I don't know, lies, for example, backbiting, accusing people, haranguing people. This needs patience. So we need patience all the time. But this is a kind of patience which is very much appreciated by those who know the value of this patience. This is the patience that always is raising your position, is making you closer to Allah. This is like the patience of a student who is studying hard because he wants to get good results. He doesn't sleep too much, he doesn't go for playing, he doesn't, you know, that much, I don't know, eat because he wants to keep his stomach, you know, not very full. Why? Because he has a great aim. He wants to get good result so that then later he can enter into, for example, best universities, best, you know, subjects. So this patience Although maybe physically tiring, but spiritually is rewarding. Because you feel that you are doing something. Like months of Ramadan. You don't eat, you don't drink, even in long days. Maybe physically is tiring, but you feel great. You feel that you have such a determination that you can do everything. When people cannot, you know... Stop drinking for two hours, three hours. You are so strong that for 16 hours, for example, sometimes 18 hours, you can stop eating. So this is a kind of patience, but which is not bitter. It's very joyful, very sweet. So the patient people are the people that, inshallah, will be going to heaven even before the martyrs who just... Manage to be patient during the time of martyrdom, but not all their life. 
Because even if they have these qualities, so that's the same. So this is the idea of the world which is end Allah, which is in the closest position to Allah. And there are people there, there are things there like knowledge, like wisdom. Everything good is there. And inshallah, tomorrow then we will mention the situation of the Quran. Is the Quran in that world or in our world? Is the Quran end Allah or it is endana with us? Or both. So this is very important thing that inshallah we will study tomorrow. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.